Malachi and start turning backwards, he'll come across it real quick. Micah. Jonah, Micah, Nahum. This uh, text here uh, in, in, in Micah chapter 6 is God speaking to the children of Israel. The first five verses, God speaks to the children of Israel and convicts them of their sin, righteousness, and judgment. The people of their iniquity, God, the people convinced of their iniquity, uh, God's judgments in verse number 6 and 7, and verse number 8, God gives them a way in which they can uh, be right with God, and then the prophet, by the command of God, goes on to tell them about verse number 9 at the end of the chapter. But he gives them a prescription, something to help them, something that they need to do. In this text, in Micah chapter number 6, we'll read in verse number 1 together. We'll read all the way down to verse number 8. There's a couple statements in here I want to pick out, and then we'll get down to verse number 8. Verse number 8 will be our text verse tonight, but just so we understand the context of the verse and understand where we're going. Verse number 1, the Bible says... Hear ye now what the Lord saith, Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy, and ye strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. Now, we look at this text in verse number 2. The Bible tells us that God had a controversy with the children of Israel. You know as well as I do, the children of Israel would get right, then go wrong, then get right, then go wrong, and get right, and go wrong. But God simply had a controversy with the children of Israel. There was something not right with them, there was something that wasn't going right, and God had a controversy with them. There was something in between them and God. Listen, the only reason we are not close to God is because of us. It has nothing to do with God. We are as close to God as we want to be. Amen. God is as close to us as He will ever be. We have to draw close Draw nigh to thee, and he'll draw nigh to you. All right, so we need to draw nigh to God, but we cannot allow things in our life to put a wedge in between God and me. One of the biggest things that will cause a wedge, one of the biggest things that will cause a controversy between me and God is sin. And whether it is just lying, or whether it is pride, or whether it is arrogancy, or whether it is, I don't know, whatever the, whatever the sin is, that sin puts a wedge, puts something in between you and God. And God, in this text, God had a controversy with Israel. I would hate to know that God has a controversy with Trinity. Yeah. I can't imagine God having a controversy with me because of my sin. 
What sin is it that you want to hold on to that's causing God to have a controversy with you? Yeah. I, I haven't given it up. I'll do my things my way. I'll do what I want, when I want, how I want, where I want, with who I want, rather than letting God work in our life. But he goes on to tell him in verse number three, oh, my people, see, they're still his people. Even if there is sin that has separated you from God, you're still his people. My father, which gave them me, John says, gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck thee out of the father's hand. There is no sin. There is no, there is no death. There is no height, the Bible says. No, 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 no creature can separate me from the love of God. So, yes, the sin is separating me from God. I will always be God's son. I will always be God's people. What have I done with thee unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against thee, me. For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants and I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Oh, my people, remember now what Balaam, king of Moab, consulted and Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him and said unto Gilgal that ye may know the righteousness of God. God goes back in verse number four. Don't you remember what I did for you? Right. Don't you remember how I brought you out of the land of Egypt? Don't you remember the blessings of God? You ever been there? God says, hey, bud, quit being so ungrateful. You remember all those good things I've done for you? Verse number six. Wherewithal shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the Most High? The high God, shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of the year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or tens thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? What shall I do? They're asking, what do I need to do to get this right? What do I need to do to make it right so that we can get right with God? God no longer has a controversy against me. God no longer, uh, there's no more separation. I need something. Tell me, God, what do I need to do? There are times in our life you say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to draw closer to God. I don't know what God expects of me. What does God expect of me? <laughs> Look in verse number 8. He expects, he told the children of Israel, these are, these are something you need to do. Three things. Verse number 8. These are three things we'll talk about tonight, and I'll be done. He showed, he has showed the old man what is good. What is good? What's good to do? Pray. What's good to do? Pray. What does he tell him to do? Yes, praying is good. But Jesus tells him to do something that's good. All right? Look, we in our life, there are many things that we can do that are bad. But there's a lot of things that we can do that are good. But he says, uh, he said, what is good? Oh, man, what is good? And what doth the Lord require of thee? What does he require of you? What does he require of me? But to walk, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Three things. Three things he tells them what the Lord requires of me. I 
don't think for just a moment that they've changed. I don't think that just for a moment that these requirements have changed just because we're a couple thousand years from this day forward. Hey, this is the same requirement that you and I have for today is to, one, is to act justly. We need to act justly. What does it mean to do justly? Uh, which means to do what is right. Do, uh, there's a song that says, do right till the stars fall. Do right. Whether somebody's watching or somebody's not watching, what do you need to do? We need to do right. Amen. To act justly. Act the way that God wants us to act. God expects our country to do what is right, to be what is right, to do the right thing, even though the wrong thing is being done to you. And the wrong thing sometimes may be even easier to do. And the wrong thing may be more pleasant thing to do. But, but whether it is unpleasant or whether it's not unpleasant, but it but it simply is this, is to act justly. It means to take care of the poor and take care of the elderly and to minister to the sick and the unborn and protect him and then tell them the truth. This is to act justly. It would be an injustice to this society for this preacher not to preach the gospel. It would be an injustice to this church for me to get behind this pulpit and not preach the gospel. It's to water in town and to add to and to take away. It would be an injustice to the Bible. It would be an injustice to God for me not to preach the gospel. Yeah. Just like it would be an injustice for you yeah, yeah. to live your life and not tell others about Jesus Christ. And to not tell others how he gave you the day of independence. How God saved you, washed you in his blood. It is an injustice to this society, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, not to tell them Jesus saves. Amen. Amen. It is an injustice for us to do that to our families. An injustice to do that to our friends. Not to tell them. I don't want to stand there at the white throne judgment and him look over at me and say, Hey, why didn't you tell me? Yes. I don't want him to say that. I would much rather that conversation go, Hey, I should have listened to you. Right. Rather than, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? But to do justly. We need to live our life justly. Look, are there all times that I'm always just? No, but I need to be. When somebody has wronged me, you know how I need to act? Justly. When someone has done right by me, guess how I need to act? Justly. Yes. Have, there, is a, there was an old statement many years ago that says, what would Jesus do? Right. How would he act in that situation? What would Jesus do? What would he say? Where would he go? What would he what would he do? Huh? But to do justly. What does the Lord require of thee? Number one, to do justly. Number two, to love mercy. To love mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is something that God withholds from me. Withholding something I deserve. 
You want to know what I deserve? Can I be honest with you? You want to know something I deserve? This preacher. I deserve I need to love God's mercy because he didn't have to save me. That's right. In his mercy, he convicted me of my sin when I sat there on that first or second pew and told me I was a lost sinner and told me I need to get saved. He, in his mercy, he drew me to him. In his mercy, he did that for me. And still to this day, he withholds things from me that I deserve because of his mercy. You know, there are many times as a kid growing up, I got plenty of whoopings. But there were times that I didn't get whoopings because I got away with it. Don't watch that. Okay, but anyways, but, but there were times that I got away with it. But as a child of God, there are times I deserve, and God says, I'll give you mercy. Because, oh, he, he messed up, but he doesn't give it to me. I need to love mercy. I truly believe that it would change our life if we love God's mercy. Are you truly thankful for God's mercy? Where would I be? No matter how long I'm in this thing, where would I be without God's mercy? What would my family be? What would my life be without God's mercy? Right. I'd be on my way down. And had it not been for the mercy of God, He says, what does the Lord require of you? Number one is to do justly. Number two is to love mercy. And then lastly is to walk humbly with the Lord. I think that's the, one of the most statements, a good statement to make is walk humbly with the Lord. Because you're not going to walk with him if you're proud. You're going to walk with him if you've already got it all figured out. You're going to walk with him because you are walking humbly. Someone who says they're they're humble, look at me, look at how humble I am, they're not humble. Oh, woe well, it's me, they just want someone's attention. But we're supposed to be humble. Pride, this quote, this verse gets misquoted all the time. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride, with pride, cometh you want to know why there's contention, why there's discontent, why there's why there's strife, why it's because of pride. We won't walk with somebody that we have contention with. We won't agree with somebody that we have contention with because of, and what causes that contention and what causes that strife? The Bible says pride does. 
We won't walk with God if we have contention against Him. We have to walk humbly before God. I think there's a couple things that we need to do when we walk humbly. One is how, why it takes us to walk humbly is because if we don't walk humbly, we won't receive what God has truly has for us because we think we've already got it. A lot of times we've got this handled, we've got this taken care of rather than here. God, what do I need to do? What do I need to say? Where do I need to go? What do I need to read? What do I need to How do I need to act? Walk humbly. You can normally see somebody walking down the street that's proud. Arrogant. A lot of times they just carry it. I remember, and I'll close with this. I remember I was in a meeting. I was in Bible college, and we had a preacher come in and preach for us. And uh, and I was there was a it was a youth workers conference, and there were hundred uh, there were hundred people there, and he had he they had flown him in to preach. And anyways, he came in and he preached. Well, that night he was preaching. And he was the second speaker that night. And uh, the service started at 6 or 6.30. And the service was going on. And and, uh, and the time had come. He, the first preacher had preached and the invitation and all that. And the second preacher got ready to preach. And as he got ready to preach, here he came walking in the side door. Yeah. And onto the platform. He hadn't been there one moment of that service. He decided he was too good to be in that service. And you can just, you can tell just by the way he carried himself, he was full of himself. You can tell. Walk humbly. Not a woe is me attitude. Poor me. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. But walking humbly with God. So, do you do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord? It is important that we walk with the Lord. As much as it is, married couples that are here, you know how important it is that you have a conversation with your wife. If you don't talk with your wife, if you don't spend time with your wife, you're not going to be very close to her. Bottom line. The more time you spend together, the more time you have talking, the more time you spend with each other, the closer you are with each other. God is the same way. The more time you spend with Him, the more time you talk to Him, the more time you pray to Him, the more time you walk with Him, the closer you will be. Walking with God is an essential part of your Christian life. If you don't walk with God, you will not be close to Him. So I ask you, do you do justice? Do you love mercy? And do you walk humbly with God? Those three areas, I think. What did the Lord require of me? Those three things. What does the Lord require of Trenton? Those three things. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for allowing us to be in your house. I pray that you use me in spite of me, Lord. I pray that you examine my life. 